Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, I'm Kirsty. And I'm Kelsey. And it's time to hate watch with us. <laughs> Welcome to our show about the things we love and the things we hate and the things we love to hate and telling you that we're going to go bi-weekly and then just taking like two months off. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> back to the relaunch <laughs> after our accidental hiatus. Yeah. You know what? Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. Hot back summer, guys. Hot back Do summer. None of you out there want to listen to us every week anyway, so it's, it's so fun. true. It's so true. Our, as soon as everyone got vaxxed, our numbers tanked, like, absolutely bottomed out, which is fine. We don't hold it against any of y'all. Get out there. Yeah. But, I, I mean, if you could also start listening to us again, that'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> Something about, like, too many trains, maybe? Yeah. I don't <laughs> I don't know who has ever said that, but apparently somebody gave us a two-star review because of that and other yeah. things. So anyway, we've been busy with Hot Back Summer. We've seen each other twice. Twice. And we went to a beach. Yep. Which was novel for me. Incredible oysters. Just 10 out of 10 incredible oysters. Absolutely unreal oyster experience. Yeah. And... I built a patio. Mm-hmm. You did. Um, with my bare hands. Yep. Um, I've been in a vaccine trial. I've recently been experimentally vaccinated. <laughs> God, we're going to lose so many more listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not only is this not an anti-vax podcast, it is a pro-experimental vax yep. podcast because <laughs> the vaccine study paid for my patio. Kirstie's found a new way to fund her lifestyle. I was like, this summer I need a stand-up paddleboard, a new car, and a patio. So juice me up, science. Give me your worst. (laughs) (laughs) And here I am. I just handed in my temperature card last week. There you go. I don't have to take my temperature anymore. Wow. Everything's great. Hot back summer. It's It's a lot of, like, um secretarial work though like there's a lot of scheduling and appointment like yeah that part. I was doing like three appointments a week for the last three weeks yeah which includes a lot of the specimen collection oh god so just like a lot of time at the hospital a lot of really zany nurses who are bad at blood draws well lots of parking validations for the hospital parking garage man the stories <sighs> I could tell about the hospital parking garage anyway I've only parked there once, and it wasn't a pleasant experience. It sucks so bad. It sucks. It sucks. I have have a long history with that parking garage, and, like, yeah, really taking some trips down memory lane this month. Anyway, um, we've gone outside. Yep. And now it's the time of the summer for the absolute barrage of new television. Yeah. It is the golden month of television. The golden month of television. We're getting so much content. We've already gotten so much content. Like, Below Deck has started. Miracle Workers, Oregon Trail has started. Which I haven't gotten to watch yet because I've been so, like, 
I know. Just neck deep in below deck. <laughs> it's not the wrong choice. Below deck and I took a, a hiatus because we spent a very intense summer together. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Not unlike being on a yacht. Uh-huh. And um, I haven't watched any below deck since October. <laughs> and, <laughs> And yeah, oh baby, it feels good to be back. It feels good. It feels, it feels so good. good. It feels so right. Yeah. There's also just like new content popping up. Like yep. my Quark Horror, if we're still doing Quark Horror, we yes. haven't talked about that, is the Starstruck came oh, out on HBO on Max. Because I'm telling our fans to go watch it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that happened. It's just a goddamn delight from start to finish. It's a six-episode British rom-com. Like, the purest rom-com. So, like, your favorite thing on Earth? My favorite thing on Earth. It's hilarious. It delivers. It's it's unique. Just 10 out of 10. I'm so best. happy for you. I'm so happy for me, too. <laughs> we have This Way Up, a new season came out of that, where, where we have Tobias Menzies oh, being that's right. the lead man in the romance, and like that, everyone's interested in. Yep. You texted me about that late the other night when I was in the middle of something, I don't even remember what, and I was like, I feel like I need to know what this is, I can't handle it, and then three messages later you said Tobias, and I was like, okay, maybe I should come back to this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that like... It's a, it's very, it's like catastrophe, but a little bit more depressed. Right, that's right, that's right. So it's a vibe. Yeah. It's not what I would force you to watch if I was forcing you to watch things, but like Tobias is doing a good job. I would love to spend more time with Tobias. Yeah. Never mad about that. Tobias might be cast in a superhero show that's Greg Berlanti is involved in. So, like, there's a lot, there's a lot happening. That's a tough one for me, personally. Yeah, I know. A lot of intersecting Venn diagrams. I know. Not all of them are me, though. We have Ted Lasso coming soon. Ted Lasso's coming, and, like, my, my body is not ready. The critical buildup to Ted Lasso, the second that the embargo went up, is or went down, I guess, is so stressful to it's me. It's horrifying. <laughs> Absolutely horrifying. I'm so yeah. stressed. Yeah. I is because we we'll talk about this when it's Ted Lasso time, but like the critic response to Ted Lasso the first time around is what made me be like, oh I can't watch Ted Lasso. Yeah. And then Ted Lasso did to me what it did to me. And so to see <laughs> to see the same response happen a second time, I'm repeating the cycle where it's like, there's just no fucking way. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. And I'm not sure I'm ready for there to be a way. (laughs) Well, it's gonna happen. Also, why is every living human in that show so goddamn hot? (laughs) I just... (laughs) There have been so many photo shoots. Do, 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 do. It's my turn to talk about the Emmy nominations and how much I hate them. <laughs> Our favorite annual tradition. Yes. But actually, can we talk about how every person on Ted Lasso got nominated, rightfully so. Yeah. Killing it. And truly the supporting male actor category is 
upsetting <laughs> because can't they just nominate all four of them together? <laughs> just like the men. Like, don't make me choose between Nathan and Coach Beard and what's his face? Um, um, her assistant. Junior, that's all I can think of. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) And Brett Goldstein. Like, you can't put all these people together and tell me to choose. I just, I won't. I won't, and I can't. Uh, I mean, the good news is, you won't. I won't. (laughs) But I'll be mad no matter what. (laughs) (laughs) They're all winners in your heart. Yeah, they are. But, like, there was no Never Have I Ever. Yeah. Which I think may have qualified, but I don't know timing-wise. Maybe not. No, maybe not. Uh, which season of Ted Lasso is it? First season. Then Never the- have I ever came out in March last year, so I don't know if it... Yeah, I guess it would have. It should have, yeah. I don't know. We don't know how time works, but... <laughs> yeah. There's a... I mean... There's some things that need to be out of the Emmys forever. Yes. Hello, Kaminsky Method. Yes. Also, just get out completely, because my parents continue to choose to watch that show instead of any of the things that I tell them to watch that are better. Yeah. And it's so upsetting to be like, oh, you should watch Kim's Convenience. And they're like, oh, well, we're watching the Kaminsky Method. <laughs> no. 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 Stop. Don't. Hate that. Yeah. Also, Making It is back. What else is back? Mythic Quest just ended season two. That was great. I feel like there's something... I We're getting Succession season three soon. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I was trying to think of what we just put in Airtable, and I feel like there is something else coming up that we haven't gotten to yet. It's hard to say. I can't remember now. Because there's so much happening. Um... Oh, Girls 5 of them we've kind of talked about. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. That's coming up for me. That's coming up for you. You get to live in a world where you haven't seen it all yet. That's that's new in my world. Yeah, I'm excited for that. That's going to be a vibe. Um, Is it time to talk about what we're here to talk about, though? Yes. Speaking of new, exciting things in this golden month of television. Kicking off the golden month of television is Never Have I Ever. Yeah. Which is back for season two. And Kelsey and I both watched it in a day. Give or take, yeah. Give or take. Um, and now here we are to have our feelings. And content note, our feelings will be earnest. And I don't know how you're going to feel about that. <laughs> also, content note, Kirstie's mic might be messed up. Oh, we yeah. I forgot re- to disclaim that. I'm recording because of Hot Back Summer. One yeah. of the casualties was the clamp for the arm of my microphone stand. So the part that attaches it to the desk. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm recording on my laptop mic. Yeah. Until I can uh, source some mic stand parts. <laughs> <laughs> So here we are. Anyway. Um where do we begin? Do we, we do we begin with Paxton Hall Yoshida is so fucking hot that yeah, I can't let's, handle it? Let's like, talk about Paxton for a little while. Yeah. Let's start <laughs> Not the there. Right place to start. 
I, but we got to talk about it at some time. And so I think maybe it's safer to do it this way. So it's not like we get into it and that it's like, oh, and by the way, and by the way, it's like between the tears, let's talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Be, well, okay. <laughs> All I'm going to say is Mr. Hot and Tall 2021. Did he not get nominated in 2020? I'm saying repeat. I see. Repeat. Like, he's the next step for Hot and Tall in perpetuity. Well, see, the tricky thing is that I don't know that that man is hot all the time. Ooh. Because, I like, I've looked on his Instagram, and I'm like, meh. And I see, like, promotional pictures, and I'm like, meh. And then, never have I ever starts, and you're like, oh. So he's got, like, the Tobias gift, where he can be an entirely different physical human. It's possible. When needed. It's possible. That's so interesting. Or it could be, like, in the in the array of the show of, like, people I'm not supposed to be attracted to. Although, there are contenders on this season. Like, everyone in the show is, like, underage, so. Yeah. <laughs> I, I continue to respect the choice to cast a 30-year-old. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. thank you for making no one a creep anymore. Yeah, so that is a good choice for me personally. Mm-hmm. And also, it, it we talked about this a little bit in Slack, but I'm going to go ahead and introduce it for the folks at home, that we have a current theory that that actor studied at the Sam Hewen School of Kissing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On-screen kissing. On-screen kissing. We don't know, we don't know what his kissing kind. is like. <laughs> Plenty of hot-looking actors are bad kissers off-screen. But his on-screen kissing... It's good. It's it's good. And the problem for me personally is that he does the hip thing. (laughs) And we'll leave it at that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I remember the... So the first season, he only is, like, one kiss, maybe? Uh And it's that scene in the car. And I remember, like, gasping and being like, this is way hotter than it should be. Yeah. And I'm just leaving it at that, and then this season started, and I was like, oh, this is a gift and not a fluke. This so is- that's the thing, is that that's my only issue with him being 30, is that the, those are some real kisses he's putting out there. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very distracting, for reasons. Yeah. Very confusing feelings brought on there. The show also, like, just... Knows what it is. Yeah. God bless Mindy Kaling, as yeah. I said last night. But, yeah. like, there's a whole sequence for no reason where they have him shirtless doing woodworking <laughs> in slow-mo. <laughs> like, thank you. He thank just, you. like, gets annoyed studying and they're just like, sure. And I was like, yeah, thank you. I've earned this. Yeah. We've all been through a lot. So thank you for that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah yeah he's very gifted so so gifted yeah i will watch this again it'll mostly be for him (laughs) (laughs) but anyway so plot wise yeah i guess should we we get out the other paxton hall yoshida um observation just because it's not related to anything else yeah, yeah, do that. We we talked in our other podcast, the Everwood Pinecast, about the fact that Never Have I Ever is a light ripoff 
of Everwood. Yeah. And I would also like to suggest that there might be some light plagiarism (laughs) of another well-known film, Score a Hockey Musical, wherein (laughs) Paxton Hall Yoshida's parents are a carbon copy of Farley Gordon's parents. And that, I'm sorry, that just doesn't happen by accident. No. You don't just carbon copy Olivia Newton-John's character from Score a Hockey Musical (laughs) by accident. By accident. By accident. So, anyway. They're basically, like, hippies who play music, Mm -hmm. like, as a dinner act. (laughs) And they're just like loosey goosey, go with the flow. You follow your heart. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's it's a vibe. So anyway, it was exactly that same energy though. That yeah, is, I mean, like so same aesthetic. On point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the first scene with them is at the dinner table, and like the way they had them arranged looks exactly like that scene where they mm-hmm. sing "Ordinary Boy." Mm-hmm. So anyway, this joke is for, like, four people. <laughs> I wish y'all could have just seen, like, the distress. Kelsey literally just, like, put her hands over her head and, like, took a minute. <laughs> because she now has ordinary boys stuck in her head. I do want to just tell everyone out there that Kirstie's living in a world... Where she does know Ordinary Boy, but she does not yet know New York Lonely Boy. And I cannot wait for that moment to come. Wow. Wow, the canon is deep. Your husband may or may not be a New York Lonely Boy. I'm just going to put that in the universe. time of episode is coming soon it's gonna be like. oh man that's the next one up no Can, we've t- it's in two i know but on the docket oh. yeah yeah okay yeah so now let's talk about the show <laughs> <laughs> the show so this picks up like the second where season one left off um which is where davy suddenly has two boys after her at once Mm-hmm. after having been unsuccessful in romance thus far in her life. And they've just sent her dad's ashes out into the ocean, and she's kind of, like, come to some sort of an understanding with her mother. And this whole... And her friends have, like, patched up their issues. And so this whole season is really just, like, taking off from there but focusing on like her still grieving which i thought was correct um and i I didn't totally expect it in some ways and it's about um like her friends like obviously continuing on their paths of like fabiola came out at the end of season one so like what is that what does her high school life look like now and then her other friend whose mom left her and abandoned her that's like not so much explored but she's got her own 
stuff going on, <laughs> and then issues. there's Davy like dealing with the fallout of her two um, love interests, and it's sort of it's basically like they said, okay, the first season is like here's her grief story, like in the immediate aftermath. And then season two is like, well, let's take like a year and see what it looks like, but it's still there. And that seems to be like the overall arc of it is like her trying to grow from the things that she's done (laughs) and learned, but also still making a lot of mistakes. Yeah. Um, We should also say, which we haven't said yet, that this will contain spoilers. Spoilers! Spoilers! So yeah, from here on out, this is a, a spoiler zone. Yeah. You've been warned. Um, so I was on an interesting journey with the show for two reasons. I, well, three reasons. First, I said this openly at the time. I didn't believe this was a show that should have a second season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I was skeptical. Two, um, the show came out in 2020. And I watched it. <laughs> Like, sitting in my sunroom, sewing face masks while my kid was asleep during the workday between conference calls. Right? Weeping. Like, <laughs> we openly weeping over yeah. these, like, dumb face masks made out of, like, scrap fabric that was found in the remnants bin at Joanne's because there was also, like, a sewing shortage at the time. Yeah. So, I am in a different emotional space now than I mm-hmm. was then. hmm And wasn't sure... How this would all land. <laughs> given that. Did you watch it again after that first watch? No, I haven't had a chance to get back to it yet. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so, like, I, it's, like, very crystallized to me. Like, yeah. I can remember specific days, like, watching it with, like, the windows open and my fruit trees, which have since been cut down in full bloom and, like... Yep. Anyway. Um... And the third reason is that when I started watching the season, for the first, like, three episodes, there were several things that I was, like, not happy about, where I was, like, totally questioning the decisions of the show. And then we got to the end of the season. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, they were right. Yeah. I had a very, like, they did it again. God damn it. They did it again. That was totally the feeling of, like... It's a show you have to be willing to go on the whole journey with, mm-hmm. but every individual episode is still fun and entertaining. Yeah. But, like, you really do have to see each season through to the end. Yeah. To understand what they're doing. And then yeah. they bring the fucking plane in for landing, and it's like, well, god damn it! how dare you? Yeah. How dare you? First of all, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Um, oh, the other thing is that, yeah. and I actually wanted to um, say this to you specifically, because I think this is a genre thing that I wanted to run by you. Mm-hmm. But I felt like every step of the season, I called the next move. Like, I I like knew exactly what was coming play by play. Yep. And I still got to the end of the season and got got. None of it, not by plot. Every plot element I called. Sure, sure. But, it's but by still, feelings. But the my feelings got yes. got. Yes. And I don't think that's fair. <laughs> that's not how tropes work. I don't think so. My question is, is that what's up with rom coms for you? Is that that's like 
Yes, that's about what's up with good rom-coms, and I think that this show does a good job of exactly that, of, like, the point of rom-coms, and this is true of, like, like genre, too, often, is that, like, you know the beats, you know the tropes. Sometimes they're, like, strict rules of the <laughs> genre, but the way you get from A to Z can be interesting. A to B. A to B. <laughs> or A to Z. I don't know. <laughs> that Why can not? be interesting and different and unique. And when it delivers, especially in a way that, like, lands for whatever reason, whether it's, like, the plot was surprising or the character development was really good or, like, it's just earned, it just is validating and rewarding. And you get, like, the high of being, like, I knew where this was going, but I'm still excited that it's going this way. And it's, like, safe, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know? like <laughs> I, I mean, that's the thing is, like, it does, like, to the minute, it does it again. Um, where it does the same thing as last season of, like, you get to episode eight, and the last, like, five minutes of episode eight, suddenly it's not okay anymore. Nine. And then, yeah, whatever. Somewhere in there. And then, like, <laughs> 9 and 10 are, like, a wild ride. And then 10 is just, like, off the fucking rails. And it ends in, like, a resolution-y kind of way. Yep. Where you end on an emotional high. But it's also, mm-hmm. like, I'm <laughs> feeling all of those things. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, Mindy Kaling does a very good job with rom-com genre. She -hmm. has, like, in the past, she continues to do so. It's not even just the rom-com stuff. It's, like, the whole fucking thing. All of No, I know. You know, like, all of the grief stuff, all of the, like, Davy processing her, like, ability to make life choices and sense of Mm self-worth like all of the stuff in therapy the friendship stuff the stuff with her parents the stuff between the adults and between the kids and the adults yep like it's not okay (laughs) it's not fair (laughs) when they're good at stuff well i think so what i'm saying about mindy kaling is like she's an expert in like a rom-com genre yes and so because of that she can root this whole thing in that and then add these extra layers but then do all of these good other storytelling things yes that completely rip you to shreds through a black hole of emotion yeah yeah (laughs) and it's still like a half hour netflix comedy like who gave them the right how dare they how very dare they um so do you want to talk about like what we hated what we liked what sure is it is that the move yeah let's or go do there you want to just i don't i, I mean know. i don't know that i have much else to say that's terribly articulate other than like how dare they yeah i'm still okay. like i need davy's therapist because i'm still not emotionally <laughs> past my rage I would all also of the like things her. I feel. How do we? How do we? How do up? we get that therapist? <laughs> <laughs> so let's take this in chunks of plot. Then, uh-huh. so like the first arc, yeah, 
is Davy's love triangle. Yeah. Which is when she thinks she's moving to India. This is like a three episode arc. So yeah. she still thinks she's moving to India, which I thought they played way longer, th- or they did play way longer than I thought they would play it. Yeah. Not mad about it. Um, and so she's like, fuck it, I'm moving to India. I'm just going to date these two boys and make sure they don't see each other, which is like very good hijinks. Totally ridiculous. Exactly mm-hmm. on brand. And, um, I still, like, I do struggle with Ben as a romantic interest because I don't think he's, I don't know. There's something about that, like, not really being earned for me. Like, Mm. she only got interested in him because he was interested in her. See, it, it tracks to me so much. Like, I totally find the Ben stuff compelling and believable. I just wish... I wish it came out throughout a little bit more mm-hmm. at moments that were not jealousy or like just reactions from him. You know what I mean? Like before, yeah. before they were enemies and she hated him. Yeah. Which, okay. Like, is this still high school? I get that you could suddenly be like, no, actually, I like this person. Well, especially if you're, especially if that person has decided they like you. Like, I have seen people make some pretty interesting relationship choices just because a boy suddenly likes them. Right. You know, like, some people are drawn to being liked more than being drawn to what they like in someone. Sure, but then just go after Paxton Hall Yoshida, who also likes you. But he was playing it way more coy than Ben was. Yeah. I it just feels a little forced to me sometimes. Yeah. I yeah. I felt like that at the end of the season more than the beginning of the season. That's fair. So, the thing about this arc that I appreciated the most, I think, was actually the stuff with her mom. I think mm. this whole show, like, her mom's the number one. Yes. Um, so she has made this family decision to move to India because she's still obviously, like, grieving the loss of her husband. And she's like, I need the support of my family. And so they do this whole thing where she goes to India. I loved that whole bit. It, she goes to her parents' house, and they basically don't want anything to do with her and have no time to give her. And they're like, yeah, well, we'll be there for you when we can fit it in our schedule. And she's like, uh, okay. And then she visits her mother-in-law, and her mother-in-law is, like, kind of lonely, um, but, like, definitely more maternal than her own parents or her own mother. And... She is. She basically tells her, like, why are you moving here? Your family doesn't have any time for you. You're not going to get the support you need. Just stay in California. It's better. It's what your husband would have wanted. And then she basically up and brings her mother-in-law back with her to live with them, which is, like, a great opportunity to bring another character in, bring, it like, a different so delightful. dynamic in. Delightful. She was a delightful choice. Absolutely delightful. What a joy. And, like, her mom's entire journey of, like, I mean, we'll get to this probably, but 
guy's common. He's hot. So hot. So How hot. tall is he? I meant to look this up and I forgot. Infinitely tall. Oh my god. I like not only is he hot, but he is like a compelling love interest. Yes. Like he does romantic intrigue mm-hmm. so good. Mm-hmm. And also that whole storyline was well written. Yep. And once again, how dare they? How dare they? How very dare they? <laughs> also, Davy's mom is hot, and that's rude too. And her clothes are incredible. How is she so smoking? I know. Unreal. <sighs> it's a lot to take. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> that, that whole beat, I was just like. Thank God for this. I would accept a spinoff of this. Yeah, I want, like, Never Have I Ever High School and then Never Have I Ever yes. Adults. Yes. And I want, like, just that whole Oh, my God, the crossover journey. experience. Because, like, every time we get a little bit of her mom, like, on her own, she's yes. a goddamn delight. She... Like, not that she isn't always, but, like, there's one moment where she's going on a date with him. And she's, like, getting ready, and she decides to take off her wedding ring, and then she, like, sneaks out of the house. <laughs> she's like, okay, bye, I gotta go, bye. It's just delightful. There's very good hijinks with her mom on this date. Mm-hmm. On her several dates. Oh, so good. So, so good. I'm trying to find out how tall he is. But um, I don't have all of my monitors, so it's harder than usual. <laughs> so the second <laughs> act, I would say... If- yes. This is a three-act show. Is <laughs> Anissa coming to town? I have mixed feelings about this. So we get a, a second Indian-American student at the school who intimidates Davy, and she feels like she's not like special anymore, and she she's like the less cool Indian-American in the school. And I think, so there's the first episode with her, I think, is the one where Davy like, has all these feelings of jealousy, and then they end up bonding over their, like, shared experiences of being Her mom, like, finds out that there's another Indian girl and, like, forces her to come over for the sleepover, and then, yeah, Yeah. like, she wins over Davy's family immediately. Yeah. And Davy's like resentful of it, but then they start talking about how she's able to do that and that's like their opening to bond. Yeah. That's a great friendship moment yes. and a great episode. And I love it. And then I think it goes on for a while. <laughs> like there's this cuz then she starts dating Ben and there's jealousy about that and then Davy starts a rumor that I don't know that they did, that did much. I don't like this whole part. So Davey, like, is at, like, a Relay for Life situation, and she starts a rumor that Anissa, Anissa? That's her name, right? Anissa. Anissa is anorexic. Mm Mm-hmm. She doesn't even start a rumor. She says it as, like, an offhand comment. And a, a very unnecessary offhand comment, but she's, like, ranting to a couple of the popular girls and says something about how she never eats and is so skinny, so she's probably anorexic. Yeah. And this gets spun into, like, 
two or three episodes of who started the rumor, Davy started the rumor, Davy suspended because she started the rumor. Davy has to come clean about starting the rumor in she the moment. She has to apologize that... like seven times over it. Anissa's gonna leave school. It, it, it's all like she said a thing that could have been true or could have not been true. I don't know that it's the same as starting a real rumor. No. To me. No. It's not the same. And because anyone can make a throwaway comment. Yeah. You know, like, she wasn't... There are times when Davy and other characters in the show intentionally set little fires. Yeah. As part of their bad decision-making to intentionally sabotage someone. And this was not that. And the show doesn't recognize the difference between the two. The show still pretends this is all part of Davy's self-sabotage and poor decision-making. Right. And, like, she was still out there, like, being selfish and making bad decisions, but it wasn't the same. Yeah. And also, I think they could have chosen anything to start Mm -hmm. a rumor about. Yep. And, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with doing representation of eating disorders, but I think you have to be pretty choosy. Yeah. And I don't feel like this was a great choice. I don't feel like I can speak to it well, but I also feel like there wasn't enough work done. (laughs) Like, they just put a little disclaimer that was like, hey, do you have an eating disorder? You can go to this website, which I know they have to do, but like... There was one exchange where she's like, I go to a group therapy and I am doing better. Yeah, that was, like, super uncomfortable because, like, the girls are all like, oh, are we talking about food too much in front of you? And that's when she's like, no, I, like, went to inpatient therapy and now I'm an outpatient and I'm doing good. Mm -hmm. But there's no, like, follow-up on what doing better means. No. They don't ever actually show her eating after that which like I don't I can't actually speak to whether or not that's a good decision but I do think it's noteworthy Yeah, that they like take all this time out like they have a scene where they intentionally show her not eating a brownie Yeah, but then never show her near food again yeah I don't know I eating disorders are a sticky wicket and Mm -hmm. I just think you gotta be real careful yeah And I don't know that this, like, throwaway storyline that was both throwaway and also three episodes was the right fit. That being said, I think this actor was a great ad. She's great. She's an amazing addition, and I hope that she plays a major role next season, too. Yeah. I'm a huge fan. Her her character was interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. That was all great. Um... But yeah, all those three episodes, I kept being like, where are the boys? Yeah, <laughs> like, <back> the boys. <laughs> um, I also think they, in terms of introducing Anissa, they did a really bad job of like the Ben, Anissa, Davy love triangle. Yes. Like yeah. they just were kind of sloppy about it, I think. I think that was somewhat intentional, though. What, to spend an entire episode, like, being weird about it before the show itself addresses that she never told Anissa that they had a thing? 
and then have it be like two more episodes before Anissa addresses that she knew okay. they had a thing. No, I guess the love triangle, yeah. I meant more like, like the Anissa and Ben romance or lack thereof. Oh, oh, oh. No, but it's... you're right. No, to, you're right about It was the like the, the, like, writing and staging of the love triangle. It's like they took too long to roll yeah. out the miscommunication aspects of it. Yep. And it was kind of like... Yeah. Meh. The greatest thing that came out of this whole thing, to me, was that we got a lot with her English teacher. Yeah. Who is a delight. So good. Is he new? Is he a new character? I think he's new. I don't remember him from last season, but they slid him in there. Yeah, and he's like a new love interest for Kamala, which I am 100% here for. Yeah. And he hates study abroad people. Yeah. Great news. Yep. He's so, like, salty and... How tall is he? Great. I I think he's... Common is oh. six foot, by the way. Oh, he's like six four in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's gonna take me a minute to find this guy because he's not all that high up in the building. <laughs> yep. I don't um, think he's that tall, but he is. I think he's a a good addition because I'm glad I'm glad what they did with Kamala's storyline, which I guess we can just talk about now, which is that she is. Uh, she has this whole plot where she's in this, uh, like, residency rotation, whatever you call it in science, where, <laughs> <laughs> where she's working and she, like, has, um, she has this conflict where she's involved in all this research and then she doesn't get her name on the paper and all of the, her coworkers are, like, misogynist and obnoxious, um, and so she's having this whole, like, work crisis, and she still has her uh, arranged marriage boyfriend at the time. Um, Whose height I also season. need to find out, because he's also very hot. He is hot. And so uh, charming. But he, I love what they did with her character, because she's, like, having this issue with, like, can I fight for what I deserve, or should I just sit down and shut up and he basically tells her like well you're always gonna like come across people like that so just keep doing your work and she's not satisfied with that answer and that makes her like question whether he's the right person for her and then she bonds with this English teacher going to pick up Davy for like the seventh time because she's suspended and keeps coming back to school which is hilarious <laughs> um, and so she he uh, Prashant her um, betrothed <laughs> comes over <laughs> to presumably propose with his parents at the end of the season and she basically gets up in the middle of dinner and runs away and goes to the school dance to hang out with the English teacher and I love that for her that is such a great scene too Like, oh it's so good she's like they're having dinner and she's eating her food like tiny bite by tiny bite because she knows that dessert she's going to get proposed to. And so they're like, I think it's time to bring out dessert. And she's like, I'm not quite done yet. I'm still eating. <laughs> they're like, well, it's, it's nice that you're eating so politely, but also you could eat a little faster so people don't have to wait. And she goes, oh no, I'm not done yet. <laughs> um, I'm still trying to find this guy. Um, Yeah. I have to put this down. Also, um, the actor who played 
Paxton's dad is hot. Paxton's I regret to inform you. Yeah. Oh, really? In his headshots, anyway. Oh, I, di- I didn't get much of a hot vibe from him, but I would be um. willing to go back and <laughs> review. And review. Um, speaking of hot, though, hot yes. dads, we got hot dad back. In hot flashbacks. dad is back, yes. Including, like, very emotional times that no one was ready for. Yeah, I sent Kelsey a text during that scene and was like, I've entered the crying times. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they hit you. Just, like... Yeah. But, yeah, episode nine is a journey. That scene is, is so beautiful. And mm. also, I think, like, something that, like, therapists should be assigning as, like, therapy homework. Mm-hmm. You know? I do. <laughs> There's a lot in that scene that I think is important to unpack. Yes. And I'm sitting there and then I'm like, oh, what is, what is this wetness on my face? Oh, my oh, God. Okay. Just, I like, literally ugly crying. Oh, yeah. Unreal. Unreal. It was, like, one in the morning and I was binding off a blanket I've been knitting since before I got pregnant and, like, ugly yeah. crying over this fucking scene in the show. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Um. Oh, my God. What was I just going to say? Oh, one thing that I thought going back to the second act, going into that moment, I guess, um, that I thought was well done and the right choice is that it's like a series of events, but I loved, I loved it. Where Common is talking to, uh, Davy's mom and I don't know what his actual name is, so (laughs) Common. Chris Jack? Oh, yeah, Chris Jackson. Um, and he is talking about being a parent, and he's like, when your kid asks for your help, just say yes. And so Davey's like, Anisha's gonna leave school because her mom won't let her stay. Her mom is also, like, an Indian mother. And she's like, she won't let her stay at school, even though she wants to. You've got to also, like, talk to her on an Indian mom level mm-hmm. and intervene. And she's like fine (laughs) and so she has the mom comes over and they have this like conversation and uh davy's mom like sends her away and she's like go go away go do something else and she takes like that moment to be like okay the reason why my daughter's an asshole (laughs) is because her dad died and because she's not doing well at like processing her emotions and is like acting out and it was like they didn't have to have that scene they didn't have to do this loved this moment so much and i hope there's opportunities for the two moms to like have a relationship in the next season because i think it was like so well earned in nalini had multiple scenes this season where she actually got to like be a little vulnerable for once Mm-hmm. Like, where she was willing to just, like, actually put it out there. Yeah. And, like, watching her sit at that table and be like, we have been through this immense trauma. And so I can relate to you as, like, the mother of a child processing trauma. Yeah. Was so amazing. Mm-hmm. It was such good shit. And, like, I wish they had shown a little more of that conversation. Yeah. I 
it's fine that they had to leave some to the imagination, but, like, I would love to spend so much time watching the two of them, like, it's clearly two women who don't have much support and much ability to be vulnerable, who have now found someone else who understands them, like, let's do mom friendship. Right. I'm here for it. I'm ready for it. (laughs) As a mother of a daughter. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, no. But, like, yeah, no, I think that's true. And then Davy thinks that her mom, like, bullied this other woman into... Uh-huh. Yeah, Davy letting... still thinks it was, like, all about Nalini being, like, a badass. And it was just like, no. No. <laughs> you just told her things that you weren't ready to hear about yourself. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> but, yeah, I thought She that also was... has a couple moments with Common. Because mm-hmm. I do enjoy that more than Chris Jackson. But anyway, <laughs> with with her hot man friend, um, where she oh, also so gets hot. to be... He's so hot. I know. Um, where she also, like, opens up for once and is, like, a little honest and vulnerable. And it's just like, let's do it, Nalini. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's go there. She, she, she is... To never have I ever as Street Williams is yes. to everyone. Yes. Yes. She is on Dr. Andy Brown's journey. And I yeah. love that for her. I love that for her. I love it. Oh, man. I'm just imagining. I want to do, I want to do this crossover event where we do never have I ever as Everwood and Everwood as never have I ever. <laughs> oh my God. Can you imagine? So we'll be doing that on our other show, The Everwood Podcast. <laughs> um, that's amazing. Uh-huh. So, okay, so third act is kind of honestly where we were at the end of last season. Yes. Which I think is correct. But it's both boys, or mostly Paxton. It's mostly Paxton this time. We haven't really talked about his journey so he has, like, a, a big growth arc, let's just mm-hmm. sidebar, where he um, loses his swimming, like, free ticket to college, basically. He's on Bright's journey from season two of Everwood. Absolutely. <laughs> so Davey kind of gets him hit by a car. He can't do swimming anymore. So then he's like, shit, I'm not going to get into college unless I bring my grades up. And every adult in his life is telling him he's, like, not really smart enough to do it. Yeah. So he should be, like, considering other options. Yeah. And he's trying to convey back to the adults, like, have you ever considered that maybe I just genuinely want to go to college? Right. Right. And so he has this, like, journey with Davey where he's like, do my homework for me because you got me hit by a car and you should feel bad. And then followed by, like, I guess it's not really rewarding when you do my homework for me, so just help me study and learn things. And it's really fun when we hang out and study and do things together because you're good at this and whatever. And then she blows him off a bunch um, because of her life choices that she's making. And he basically, like, finds it in himself to (laughs) be a good student. Um, which is validating. And he 
basically starts to become interested in Davy all over again because she's helped him, like, on this journey to, like, realizing his potential as a student and, like, recognizing that he can be more than, like, a student-athlete. And so, yeah, so this last chunk of episodes is, like, he's maybe interested in her again. But with the catch that he's still salty about yeah what happened and i think the the show has done a decent job in both seasons of establishing that he has like trust issues mm-hmm. and vulnerability issues and that's why he's such a meathead because it's like a defense mechanism yep and so that like comes to the forefront here because he decides she has to be his side piece because he he wants to be with her but like can't run the risk of being humiliated by her again yeah cuz he was more humiliated than he let on, I think, or more yeah. hurt than what he let on when she was basically dating both of them. I think he was hurt by it and a little humiliated, but I think he played up the humiliation as, like, the excuse yeah. for being hurt to cover Agreed. up the fact that it did, like, genuinely emotionally hurt him. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, the humiliation is, like, a good secondary emotion. Yeah. But, okay, let's take a minute here. Because, because we can. Hmm. And talk about how he decides that he's going to get back together with Davy, uh-huh. which is that he crawls through her bedroom window, dripping wet uh-huh. in the middle of the night. And it's very hot. It's super hot. Yeah, super this hot. was where I had like a moral quandary. It's also where he does the kiss that was like, yeah, you shouldn't be allowed to do that with your hips, sir. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's also a very specific way in which hot and tall men sort of lean down and in while still maintaining their height. <laughs> Just want you all to know that Kirstie's doing like a bear pose crouch position while she's talking. <laughs> Except it, when it's a man, it's hotter. <laughs> <laughs> They're so burdened by all their muscles. <laughs> it's, it's like they have to like scoop up into you and like cocoon you in their mm-hmm. hotness mm-hmm. yeah yeah so that happened and then it keeps happening it's not like once we get like 10 he different it, like, times five nights in a row <laughs> that he keeps like showing up and just walking through the window and you're like yes 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 and like we have different tolerances probably for this type of relationship being depicted on television. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I think the show also does a good job of, like, rooting it in a healthy outlook, which is, like, it's not super cool to have a secret girlfriend. Yeah. And it... Like, it's all fun and games until the exact moment it's not. Yeah. And then we have to deal with it. Yeah. But they land... They stick the fucking landing, is what I'm saying. They do. They... (laughs) They, first of all, have Paxton hit her with his car, which they also didn't have to do, but it's just, like, really nice poetic justice. Yep. And Wait, then, but before that, before uh, that, Davy decides that she doesn't want to do this, mm, which is a big step for her. Mm-hmm. That was an emotional journey. That was an emotional journey. Because she basically, yeah, go ahead. 
Yeah, well, that's where they start. That's where the whole pep talk from her dad comes from. And that's where she's finally starting to process some of her own, like, self-worth issues that have been driving all of the rage and poor decision-making. Yeah. And, yeah, she finally is able to just, like, walk up to him and be like, I don't want this for myself. Yeah. And so I'm done. And, like, that's where... The John McEnroe narration, like, just mm. nails it, too, where she's, like, walking away from his house, and he's like, yeah, okay, but this girl wouldn't have, like, would have just taken any guy she would have, who would have, like, expressed an interest, like, a few months ago, and, like, look at this journey, and he just has this characteristic narration that he does that, like, really just hits the nail on the head of, like, this is See, why this, this is this is a important. thing... That frustrated me early in the season is I felt like there was so much of, like, Davy's still making bad, selfish decisions and not being a good friend and not being able to follow through. <clears throat> and I was like, but the whole point of last season is that she learned her lesson from all of this, so, like, why are we repeating it? But then as the season goes on, you see her being a shitty friend to Anissa, but being a good friend to Fabiola and Eleanor. Yeah. And, like, being able to stay their friend and focus on their issues while she's making bad decisions with boys. And then, yeah, we get to the end where she's able to break up with Paxton. And if you add up all of the little things, she's still making bad decisions, but she is still growing at the same time. <laughs> it's a slowly growing, increasing line, like our downloads per month. <laughs> like our download counts pre-COVID. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, then he hits her with the car. Then he hits her, and it turns out he was attempting to make a grand romantic gesture by yeah. showing up to the winter dance after all. With and a cute little skinny tie, too. He's just uh, fucking Which, doing like, it. who has any right bringing that shit back? Who has any right, but it works. Why? It's so rude. I know. Unbelievable. Um, and then, yeah, it ends with the two of them walking into the dance together. And, like, good for them. It's funny. I had seen a tweet before I started watching the season, but you had, at the time, only seen a couple of episodes. And I liked it on Twitter, but I didn't send it to you. Yeah. So I don't know if you ever ended up seeing it or not. But it was a tweet from a recapper that said that Never Have I Ever Season 2 ends on the exact same cliffhanger as Season 1. Yeah. A bunch of people got mad at her for spoilers. But I was like, okay, so clearly she's going to kiss Paxton, right? Like, it's the same... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The same but different. But it's incredible that they were able to do it literally on the same cliffhanger. Literally. <laughs> With the same romantic tension. Because both Ben and Paxton are still in the game. Yep. And have it still be rewarding and stressful. I think that's why Mindy Kaling's so good at this. Like, because <laughs> you can do it twice. Not everyone can do that. <sighs> But this is this is where I come back. This is where I come back to the same cliffhanger for myself that I was on at the end of season one, which is like, how do they pull off a season three now? There is a finite number of times that you can go through this cycle. And like, we've already seen her be a bad friend and have to learn to be a good friend and then be a bad friend and learn how to be a good friend. Like, do we have to see that again? We've already seen her have to like, get both boys interested and then betray both boys and get them interested again. How many more times? As many times as Paxton will take his shirt off to sand mm-hmm. furniture. Is how I feel mm-hmm. about that. But, you know. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's fair. I also think we're we're in a high school story, so there's a finite number of seasons for other reasons too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, certainly they can't go beyond senior year, right? Right. There can't be a never have I ever college edition. Or could there? I don't know. No. If she, if there is, if it this would not chick be hasn't like... gotten her shit figured out by college, <laughs> are you kidding me? But I think I do love her. I think she's like so interesting. In the same way that like the Kamala story at the end is like us watching this show because she's like Davy always just does what she wants and doesn't like give yes. any fucks. She's like, how can I put this into practice in my own life? And she just does yes. it. Yes. And she's, like, so impressed by her, like, 15-year-old cousin. It's like, yes! We all are. Yeah. In some ways. Yeah, that's true. It is, like, both wish fulfillment, but without the positive reinforcement. So it's, like, you get to see this person Mm -hmm. do, like, fulfill their whims or chase their, like, petty grievances. Yeah. Even though it doesn't actually work out for her, but you still get to, like, be like, damn, Davy. (laughs) Because, like... As somewhat adjusted adults, like, we know not to do half the things that she does. But it's like, well, what if you did? <laughs> what if you did, though? What if you did? What if you did? And you can, unlike some teen dramas, you can totally appreciate how a teenager would make these decisions. Oh, it does yeah. feel real. It does. This season it felt does. more realistic in terms of the scale of the hijinks. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. the first season, the hijinks felt a little, like early odds teen movie unrealistic this season they felt more true to a small high school yeah and like the uh, the way that they're ending this is like have have we ever watched normal people (laughs) (laughs) which i have yes i have not so that is (laughs) have we ever read normal people so like i'm there's opportunities like the way that that takes a similar plot romantically and runs with it the problem is is that they have been effective in sketching out the two like opportunities at play where it's like do you go after the person who is like compatible with you or do you go after the person who has nothing in common with you but you have like an unexplainable chemistry with yeah and if you put time and energy into it what could you uncover that you actually share together Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm stressed because, depending on how you spin it, either one could be just as good. Yeah, but it's Paxton. It's gonna be Paxton. Or it's gonna be neither. Like, truly, this show, if it goes to college, will be neither. I do think it should be neither. I think eventually it should be neither. Yeah, but I'm here for this Paxton journey while we're on it. (laughs) While we're there. Can I just say that the moment where Trent asks Eleanor to dance, I lost my my shit. I lost my shit. Like, I absolutely want Trent and Eleanor to be a thing. Absolutely. And he was such a nerd in the best way. I fucking love Trent, man. He's the best. (laughs) Um, This was... At that exact end of that episode, at the dance, was when Danny walked by me. <laughs> yes. I going into the kitchen. I thought that might be the case. <laughs> and, like, this 
happens like once in a while. <laughs> where like he just comes in he wants to like come by and say hi and ask me what I'm watching or whatever. And I'm just in I am in a moment where I can't. <laughs> I'm just I hear him walk up and I go, Don't look at me. Don't even talk to me. <laughs> I'm so grateful that my husband goes to bed before I watch TV. Because I like he doesn't watch TV, so he doesn't understand what it's like to love a piece of fiction. Yeah. But like <laughs> there's just times where you can't you can't look away, you can't pause. No, just... you can't. You're like, I'm in it. I'm in the world right now. Yeah. Don't make yeah. me leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was very funny. That's so funny. But I yeah. I was cheering for Paxton big time. Yeah. At the end of this. I, I was love literally Paxton. like so happy at the way that this ended. Between Paxton's Paxton good, and Bright, who's the better meathead, do you think? Since their stories are literally the same. Well, one of them is Chris Pratt, so you lose points okay, for that. Ignore the Chris Pratt of it all. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Pretend this is a universe in which there is no Chris Pratt. There is only Bright Abbott. Okay, it's hard to know because we don't know where Paxton's story is going yet. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot more of like a longevity of where Bright's story is going. But given the tropes and the basis we have already, like, there's... I think Paxton is a little bit more Mm three-dimensional and possibly going to get to being a better person faster. That's good. That's promising. I think. Yeah. Well... I mean, in in all of it, Paxton has always been a good person. He's just always been, like, a little immature and unavailable. I mean, been there. (laughs) 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 Which I would argue Bright was not always a good person. He was always just stunted. Well, right. Stunted and bratty. Which Paxton isn't bratty. He's just stunted. No, Paxton has, like, an underlying empathy that Bright does not have. Yeah. I think. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> Can relate. <laughs> <laughs> Big mood. No notes. No Big notes. High school boy mood. Hey, you know what? Sometimes it works out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, anyway. Yeah. Um, other thing I want to say on the Paxton front, which I wrote down, I do not want to miss this note. Um, early on in the season, there was a ham analysis. Yes, (laughs) it was my favorite. And specifically, Fabiola is talking about Paxton's package. Gray sweatpants. (laughs) In sweatpants, and she goes, yeah, my mom rear-ended a bus when she saw him. <laughs> Which, like, who among us? <laughs> Man, if anyone could appreciate a ham analysis, it's Mindy Kaling. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my God. 
absolutely. Maybe she can be my narrator. There you go. Yeah, your, the new fun. icebreaker question at parties is, who is your never-have-I-ever narrator? Yeah. I thought for most of the day that it was Julie Walters, which is, she's still up there, but... She's up there, yeah. We discovered as we were about to record that mine is probably my dad, Tree Williams. Sure is. Yeah. Yeah, it I'll feels right. Yeah. <laughs> If I need someone close to my roots. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't have a better option. I feel pretty secure. It's a good mind. question, though. What about Colin Firth? <laughs> I feel like Colin Firth is supposed to be one of our nerds. Well, I was going to take both Wine Matthews as a duo. <laughs> that was another option I had. <laughs> I I post this in a group chat and somebody asked what the criteria was and I haven't answered yet because it's like it's just something you feel in your soul, you know? Yeah. I don't know that I loved Paxton's narration choice, but I know it was a I don't. No, I didn't love that either. I'm glad it wasn't Chrissy Teigen. Yeah. Do you think that they tried and then the timing was bad? Well, she basically, like, pulled out of it because of it. Oh, I didn't realize she had actually been hired for it. Oh, yeah. That was the whole thing. And they were like, she had to be replaced, and then it was a surprise of who it was. Got it. I know nothing about Gigi Hadid. Yeah, yeah, Gigi Hadid. I know nothing about her. I can't. I can't speak to I like. I don't. I spend just enough time on BuzzFeed to know that the Hadid girls exist. Oh, there's multiple? There's two. Okay. Bella? Maybe? Oh, sure. Okay. Is that That right? I don't know. One of them is, one of them is married to, um, Zane from One Direction. One of the One Direction guys. Okay. And some, some number of them have had babies now. Okay. But otherwise, I, I am not in the generation band that cares about them. Yeah, maybe that's we're too old. I think we're like but a hair too old. Who is this show for? Because I feel like it's for us a little. I know. I think there were probably better choices to like the only parallel I see in that narration choice is like pretty people. Yeah. Which isn't fair necessarily. Yeah. No, I think there was probably a better choice for Paxton. But I don't know who it is. Actually, a Kardashian would have been really funny. Kardashians mm. don't do this kind of work, but a Kardashian would have been funny. <laughs> Kardashians don't do this kind of work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you need someone who has fun? It's I think that was my... It was the, Like... There's something about John McEnroe that's just really f- delightful. I think he you was need like that kind of. He is also such a zany choice. Yeah, like talk about hijinks. No, truly, but like Andy Samberg also fit. But that's because he's like king of the hijinks. Right. I think I just, a Hadid I just, just doesn't quite do hijinks. 
Yeah, so we need someone who does hijinks, but who does hijinks? Hot, but hijinks. I guess Chrissy Teigen kind of makes <laughs> Unfortunately, sense. Unfortunately, yeah, she might be like, she <laughs> might be the problematic queen of hot hijinks. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> I'm not a Chrissy Teigen apologist by any means, but I do have complicated feelings about the whole thing. Oh, I'll boy. just say that. We'll leave it there. Okay. That is not in defense of Chrissy Teigen. But it's fair. At any rate. Anyway. Speaking of hot hijinks. Is that what this show is? <laughs> Welcome to Hate Watching this. Home of hot hijinks. That should be our new we're always looking for our new tagline. <laughs> Yikes. You watch with us the Hot Hijinks podcast. God. Where is the lie? Where is the lie? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> any, any other thoughts about Never Have I Ever besides that Paxton is hot? Oh, what's the height of that other guy? Did you find oh, him? Oh, yeah. Um, the English teacher is 5'10". Excellent. Good for him. Yeah, that's that's a great height um, because he honestly it fits. I don't know if you saw my face when I found the height, but I did. Yeah, That's why it was I had to come back he, because that that is the height he has. Like that he his height energy is a five ten. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right, and he's still good. He's still yeah. good for me personally. <laughs> Okay, I have two other things that we need to talk about that I forgot about. Real quick, power hour. (laughs) We gave them as much time in this episode as they truly deserve, in my opinion. The two friends, I just can't. I can't, I can't, I can't. I think sometimes the show leans too far into its own hijinks and gets a little corny. And the stuff stuff with her two friends feels like that. It always does. Like, I don't, I think Fabiola could be into robots without having, like, a weird thing with her robot. Who cares, bras? However, <laughs> as, as somebody who was friends in high school with a great number of theater kids, but was not a theater kid myself, I can't really fault them with Eleanor. Okay, I never ran in those circles because I knew better. Eleanor is a thousand percent one of the kids I would have hung out in Cap 3 with. I do have to say, her Disney Channel star boyfriend was, like, just... Yeah, no notes. No notes. Incredible. The whole episode where they, like, sneak out of the house and go for tattoos with him? Yeah. Unreal. Unreal. And like, anally. perfectly cast. Like, that face is just like, yeah, you were on the Disney Channel, you motherfucker. He's wearing that like, fucking beanie, and it looks like it's, like, get sewn on to his, like, bangs. Yep. Like, you were born yep. in that slouchy beanie, you fuck. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's all my thoughts now. Yeah. Anissa is definitely, like, a more well-rounded friend character. Which is too bad. Yeah. Because the other two friends have been around long enough that they deserve better. They do. Yeah. 
but also it's fine. Yeah, they just don't need to be so cartoony. No, and I also don't need, like, four to five episodes about Fabiola's, like, identity crisis. About However, like, I was thrilled at Eve. Eve is a great girlfriend. She's great. She's great. They should be doing more with Eve and less with Eve's friend. They're doing a lot yeah. of storytelling through Eve's friends. And Eve is a compelling character on her own. Right. Which is ironic since Eve's whole thing is like feminism. <laughs> Give Eve agency. <laughs> I also, every time we talk about Eve, including every time the show talks about Eve, all I think of is the doll on Life Size <laughs> that was named Eve. Oh, no. And honestly, also about feminism. Oh, no. Sadly, we were going to watch Life Size and Life Size 2 someday, but those have both been erased on my DVR because the Comcast <laughs> wanted to fuck me personally and just erased everything on my DVR. And then gaslit her was in the online shot about it. Oh my god. Don't even get me started. <laughs> We now have a personal vendetta against Comcast, as if we didn't before. As if we didn't before. I did get them to hand over $28. Ooh, you know? what a sacrifice. Wow. Wow. God. But their poor chat person thanked me for being so kind during the process, which Aww. I feel bad about because I wasn't that kind. Yeah, this is your semi-regular reminder to be super nice to customer service people. Yeah. I was trying to be be my kindest, but also be like, hey, I do need Comcast money and an explanation for, yeah. for why I don't have life-size 2 on my TV Comcast, card. I want you to personally take responsibility for the fact that you erased a five-year-old recording of A Princess for Christmas. Two different ones in case one of them got deleted, but the plan didn't work. There is no justice. There is no justice. Jesus. Now I have to like search on DVR and find when something will be airing at like two in the morning and record it just to add it to the collection. The good news is we follow that Twitter account. We do. We'll know. <laughs> it was supposed to be airing sometime in July. They came out of hiatus. Oh man. Yeah, I know. Every time. <sighs> It's okay. I could do without watching that movie again, but also, <laughs> it's a tradition. It's a tradition. <laughs> if I don't see Sam Hewen's tight white pants at least once every 12 calendar months. Listen, this was before he learned how to kiss like a hot man. <laughs> he himself had not yet attended the Sam Hewen School of Kissing. No, he hadn't. <laughs> do they, like, do they teach you that? Like, is there a... A guru that you hire? I, just I imagine that somebody teaches you that. Right? That's just the question, I suppose. Like, where do we find more of them is really what I'm asking. Like, who's going to teach you? Is that the question? No. No. Like, how do we find the right leading men for our content? Uh, I see. You know? Mm-hmm. How do I find what to record on my DVR so it'll get deleted again? Did you re-record Spy Who Dumped Me? Sure did. Okay. I haven't watched that in so long and I miss it. It's there for us. <laughs> <laughs> and if people need us to be there for them, where can they find yeah. us? 
God, it's been a minute. Um, they can find us at Hate Watch with us on Twitter. Um, they can find us on the internet at hatewatchwithus.com. They can send us an email to hatewatchwithus at gmail.com. They can also just search Hate Watch with us on their podcast platform of preference and give us a five star review and leave only. Good notes. No bad notes. No. If you choose to leave, leave less than a... Let's say if, if anything lower than a four-star review, you don't get to leave notes. Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> Four stars and up, you can leave notes. Three stars and down, no notes. You've no said all notes. you need to say. No notes. But we're going to read a one-star review that we got. Just to shame them is like what you shouldn't do. But they say us again. <laughs> Haven't we already shamed this it. one? <laughs> Not over it. Not over it. So boring. <laughs> okay, Kelsey is going to shame the reviewer who said we take too long to get to our topic in the episode where it took 23 minutes to get to the topic. So. <laughs> <laughs> Reviewer 998653360 How dare you <laughs> Too much dead air Too many times they assume we know the inside joke that they're discussing True Lots But of listen discussion to the about show top. and then you'll be in on it Okay You just didn't listen to us enough <laughs> Lots of discussion about topics Without ever letting the listener know what the topic is Have you ever heard of a a cliffhanger or banter banter yeah we're table setting it's fine move on no you move on you move on you move Sorry. on <laughs> clearly this person is the one who couldn't move on because they took the time out of their day to write like four sentences about why they gave a podcast with a total listenership of like 20 people a one-star <laughs> review <laughs> we're moving on clearly we absolutely moved on. Both of our podcasts have now received two-star reviews, and I have not stopped thinking about it. <laughs> Fortunately, we're now teamed up with another <laughs> podcast that has also received a two-star review, and we're conducting an internal investigation. We believe there's time. a conspiracy against <laughs> small Everwood podcasts. <laughs> um, if you're interested in Everwood podcasts, though, you should find us at... The Everwood Pinecast, wherever you're listening to this podcast, or Everwoodcast on Twitter, I think. Yeah, that sounds right. And EverwoodPinecast.com. We're having a lot of fun over there. We released a full first season. We have friends. Yeah, we have friends on other Everwood podcasts. There's another Everwood podcast called Everwood Never Wouldn't. Yeah, they're like us, so if you think we're fun, we're not as actually as fun. <laughs> That's true, the Everwood Pinecast is like us going through our maturity phase. Yeah. Hey, I described it once as Hate Watch With Us is shit posting. <laughs> and the yeah. Everwood Pinecast is a real podcast. So. Yeah. yeah. If you want to hear what we sound like when we're trying to be smart and not swear every four seconds, you can find us at the Everwood Pinecast. Yeah. Season two is in production. It sure is, slowly but surely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, do you want to talk about Top yeah. of Audio, our other so, friends? Speaking of mature, smart friends, we are members of the Top of Audio Network. 
They are a network of shows, and they have other shows such as the Everwood Pinecast, and you can find them at ThoughtBubbleFM on Twitter, ThoughtBubbleAudio.com. You can send them emails at ThoughtBubbleAudio at gmail.com, and you can also search for them on Patreon if you would like to support other small, nerdy podcasts. Yeah. Um, See, I remember my lines. Oh my god. <laughs> so much shade. Um, we're going to be back in the near future, we promise. Yes. We have a whole content schedule. Yeah. We we had an entire admin day. We did. During the workday, no less, and it was delightful. That's how you know that we're, like, back in a groove. <laughs> when we're using our work hours. <laughs> when we use work hours to set up Airtable. Great. Um, yeah, so we'll be back. We won't ghost you again for a while. At least for another two years. I think I feel like we take an accidental hiatus every like two or three years. Is a long time to commit to right now. I'm just saying <laughs> that's been the pattern thus forth. Okay. Okay. <laughs> wow. Um. Okay. Well, thank you for listening, <laughs> and we'll see you next time. And please enjoy the golden month of television. But even more importantly, please enjoy your hot back, hot back summer. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Bye. Bye.